Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Natural Net, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandez, and I'm Chris Jai Wardna. Hello. And we're going to the awards tonight. This is a Net at the Awards, directed by Tom Trubovich, written by Roger Garrett. This is a season seven episode of Vern Shirley. And we're going to have some facts about all of them later on. For Indeed. sure. Uh, yeah. to, to, to some extent, as as stated in the last episode, Tom Turbovic, we're still yeah. working on finding notes, but we got some good Roger Roger Garrett notes as well as some great actor notes for today. So stick around. Oh, yeah. Here's what the episode's about. Lane and Squiggy finished the screenplay to their first film, Blood Orgy of the Amazons, a different kind of love story. And struggling to get its production off the ground. Squiggy wants to use the $100 Lenny's kept stocked away for ages, literally in a stock, Stored in his freezer on the advice of his mother to buy them tickets to the Golden Circle Awards so they can pitch a script to Joey Heatherton. Lenny refuses to cough up the dough, Squiggy steals the cash, then buys the tickets and lies to Lenny about where he got the money to buy it. While they try to woo one Bridget Barton to appear in the movie, Lenny makes a play to go to the show and Squiggy offers her a second ticket. Lenny is accepting since it seems that Squiggy brought the tickets himself, but a guilty Squiggy decides to include Lenny instead of Rhonda. Soon the boys are rubbing elbows with Joey Heatherton on national TV. Can Lenny forgive Squiggy for his chicanery when the truth comes out? Meanwhile, Frank installs the dance floor at Cowboy Bills. What do you think of this episode? Well, first of all, I'm going to have to give you a serious shout for having done an integration of the word chicanery yeah, in this, uh, in this yeah. uh, that synopsis yeah. there. <laughs> Michael McKeon fans will understand yeah. what we're t- what I'm yeah. talking about. Or drama fans in general. Yeah, everybody knows Better Call Saul. That that's the the seems to be the big proof to people that he could do dramatic acting, which I knew he could do that for like decades because we've been. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that from the scene there. of him him basically trying to do you know trauma surgery on poor Johnny Five. Yeah, honestly, honestly, he does that with such sincerity in that movie. That you knew he had the chops. Mm-hmm. He's had the chops for a long time. He did Shakespeare before that. Yeah. So, yeah, he could do a lot of things. Well, go ahead. So, onto the episode itself. What did I think? Um, yes. I've known people like this. Not this yeah. exaggerated, obviously, oh, but I have, I have known, you know, the folks that are so proud of their first script. And... You know, and they don't realize really what they've done as a comedy. Or what they don't realize, actually, more often, is they don't realize they've written a good drama actually and it's not until either shooting it or we've had discussions that i have to like explain to them you really have made something a lot darker than what you're intending but that's yeah. okay it's really yeah. good yeah because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh yeah no i mean that's that's happened multiple times actually there's even yeah. a person a friend of mine who is uh trying to do something that is meant to be sort of a parody or a film in the style of like miami connection and uh uh hard yeah. ticket to hawaii and it's like, no, you're making, you're actually making a, a, a decent disaster film here, guy. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. That's but incredible. the Night of the yeah. Awards, this is, I, you know, I've been really happy that the episodes that focus on the boys, yes. I don't always love them, but I always like <laughs> them a lot. And this hmm. is definitely one I really, really liked. I don't know if I love it. It gets a little yeah. distracted. It feels like in the middle yeah. And the whole setup of the sock money and the theft and all that, 
Yeah. It d- doesn't do a lot for me. It's just, it doesn't create like, you know, dr- it, it leads to funny situations, but as yeah. an actual like core plot yeah. mechanic or a core yeah. of the story, yeah. it doesn't drive me. Uh, actually, the soft part, I really enjoy. What I think they should have chopped out was probably the whole Bridget part, even as much as I like it. I think it's funny. Hmm. They, they could have chopped out the Bridget part or they could have, um, you know, chopped up all the bit with Rhonda and that because it really didn't need to exist. It mm. kind of distracts from the meat of um, the Joy Heatherton conflict, of the boys arguing with the sock money. Uh, but I really like these pieces anyway. And this isn't my absolute favorite boys episode. Uh, it's probably mid-tier for me in boys episodes. There's a lot of great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, one of, it's, it's not Duke of Swigman to me, but it is a lot is really good. Yeah. And it's and really it's good. I mean, let's be real, it's no born too late, you know? Yeah. It's not born too late either. Yeah, it's like Duke of Scorgum Born Too Late, Driving Test, all really high. This is a little bit lower. Helmet Weekend, which we we're gonna see later on, is gonna be higher too. Uh but this is a it's a good solid fun boys app where they're just they're having shenanigans. They're going through some shenanigans and there's some really impactful stuff about Lenny's mom and about their friendship and their value to each other. The ending scene is immaculate. Yeah, it's very good. It really is. There's some really good stuff. Yeah, the tag yeah. scene especially is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that ruined the, the award ceremony. It says, look, look, at, look at us. We're fit. We're, we're famous. <laughs> but yeah, regarding this being a boys episode, um, it's also interesting that, you know, as well, this is the second of the boys, cent- really boys-centric episodes for the California years. And yeah. similarly, it is also written by Roger Garrett, who did yeah. uh, Born Too Late last yes. year. And yes. what's, you know, it's kind of wild, like he's done really diverse, different episodes. He's done like, you yeah. know, Fat City Holiday. He's credited on yeah. uh, his first one was an anniversary show. Yeah. And uh, and he even wrote the script for Why the Why Did the Fireman? Wow. That's a that's a diverse career. That is a diverse career. And we still have five more as writer or teleplay for the rest of the show. Mm, yep. So uh, because the thing that I, I guess that I like, though, in this episode with the boys, and I think, as you're saying, like the core conflict really that's interesting is about the boys trying to get to the awards to get the script in the hands of Joey Heatherton. And so yeah. it feels like that that is the goal. And like these other scenes of like dealing with the actress and stuff, it's like if you yeah. could have taken this idea of the movie they're trying to make and made that an arc, like a background arc yeah. that's always yeah. adding spice to different episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do try to do this. They, this has been mentioned a couple of a couple of episodes. And we do see them auditioning Starlets. Right. But here we see them actually finish the script. When they finally have a script. Yeah. And and the idea of them like trying to shoot it indie or trying to do yeah. it this way. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they had been bold enough to get a Roger Corman cameo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they already knew Roger Corman. Roger Corman had a big hand in Ron Howard. Yeah. In Ron Howard's directing career. Exactly. So, uh, and uh, and he worked with Cindy. He, yeah. he directed. He yeah. direct, I mean, yeah. he directed Gas. It's yeah. a, one of the films he directed yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. So. Didn't he also uh, know Penny? I swear to God, he knew Penny. He knew Penny from somewhere. I'm pretty yeah. certain he did. He's yeah. not involved yeah, with I'm the not... Savage Seven, but um, yeah, but yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. involved yeah. with some project yeah. that she or Rob or somebody was in. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's. But that's what I mean. Is like that sort of. Yeah. I agree with yeah. what you mean. Like I really like the Bridget stuff. Yeah. I like it mostly just because I really like the actor. I think yeah. Kim, Kim Sadol plays Bridget, and she is yes. uh wonderful. And uh, unfortunately, 
didn't just did you know a few TV parts. I mean, really not much to mention for notes. Uh, the trail runs cold after two episodes of uh, T.J. Hooker in the mid '80s. Mm. Before this episode was just as a nurse in Chips and uh, as well as a dancer role in um, what is this here? Blood Orgy of the She Devils. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's great. That is great. That's I was very great. happy to find that. Yeah, I was. I, I that. That, I've been wanting to tell you that piece of information for a couple of weeks now. When I first that's read that, glorious. that's glorious. That's um, glorious. But, but like I said, like I agree. Like I love her stuff, but like I do understand that, uh, you know, in this episode. But yeah, it's like her, because I mean, I think even like her chemistry, her timing with the boys, and like the, when yeah. Squeeze directing her, she yeah. is giving it her all. I love that, and it it captures. This is a gal that like may not have had a lot of parts by this point. She but she probably had been auditioning for a decade. Like it shows. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She has been through multiple skeezy producers for this moment. Yeah. And exactly. it is great. It is great. It's absolutely great. But yeah. It, but yeah, it feels almost like those that and the Rhonda scene are almost yeah. if not orphaned from other stories, they could have worked as a different episode. Yeah, yeah. I actually would have liked to see more episodes of boys trying desperately to get this film made. They become B movie level um, directors. The girls get involved. The girls end up probably as their leads. Oh yeah. And they get driving fame. And that's the right kind of level of fame, like a Manos level fame, even. Yeah. Or um, uh, H. G. Lewis was the other one I was thinking. Yes. 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 They're, they're just doing like these ridiculous um, nudie splatter movies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At, which which are just from their adolescent mind. They're doing these wonderful splatter movies and they become big drive-in sensations. And that's the right level of fame where you're kind of famous, but not really famous. And uh, you probably still have to do workaday stuff. You know, we know a lot of people who uh, were in uh, B-movies unless you were, you know, you got really, really high up in the echelon like Corman. Uh, you ended up having to uh, like do skin flicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of folks don't know that, like, even Abel Ferreira, who was, oh, yeah. you know, is, is like considered one of the great art house filmmakers yeah. of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, this total avant garde, you know, archetype, essentially. But yeah, I mean, he did porno films in the yeah. 70s before he did Miss yeah. 45. Uh, a lot of uh, people who uh, start out with uh, indie cred or go through all this end up having to do that yeah. <laughs> or end up doing it or end up learning their, their uh, learning the ropes there. It's weird when we talk about like doing nudie flicks and stuff like that. But the thing is, in this time, this was when it was all shot on film. You had oh, yeah. to know what you were doing. You know, yeah. like that's why, like, you know, uh, I, I actually recently watched a Doris Wishman film. Yes. And uh, it was a nude on the moon. And it's yes. like that, you know, it's not a great movie, obviously. You know, it's it's schlock. Yeah. yeah. But the camera works really good. The lab yeah. works really good. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. and it's so it's like they had to. You had to learn how to do that right or else, you know, you were screwed and you basically were yeah. out like in some case a few like a few hundred to a few yeah. thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You had to have some kind of actual knowledge of what you were trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I could see the boys getting there if they exactly. wanted to get there. Yep. And yeah. that, that would have been a lot of fun to just see them yeah. going to fall into that and like, you know, have yeah. a like. That would have been an awesome ending for the show. Is that the reason yeah. that Lenny either Lenny disappears or Squiggy and Lenny, you know, started showing up less in season eight? Yeah. Is this is 1969. They're going off to the Philippines to go do an Eddie Romero monster movie. Yeah. 
You could just simply have them be on the phone. Oh yeah. And have like do do ammo nitrate shots. Probably get them uh, in and out in a couple of days. But uh, that would have been easier. We do get like one Fantastic Boys episode in season eight. Okay. Um, which we can look forward to. Okay. It's really good. really good. Really really good. See, we can be positive about season eight from time to time. Yeah, yeah. It has its benefits. There are like three or four good episodes that exist in that season. It's just everything else that happens. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but anyway, so yeah. let's go ahead and get back to the episode, though, because I I, yes. I I feel bad. We're kind of doing a lot of free association here. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's true. I want to remark upon Lenny's very, uh, the way he types. Half standard. Oh, my God. Love it. Really, we're picking it out like that. That's so mm. great. That's such a great little detail. Which I also was going to mention on top of that is just overall that opening is the boys' apartment. This is our first time getting to see it in yes. California, isn't it? Yes, it is. And look at all of the details that are in that apartment. Mm -hmm. Feast your eyes on that because uh, we get so many little knickknacks. Uh, the Western pictures up. Lenny has a stuffed animal, stuffed bear on his, on his bunk up top. Uh, there's so many little... I like their... Um, California apartment a lot better than the Milwaukee apartment. That's just me. Yeah, I, I can I can see why I, from a noir inner city sort of vibe, I like the Milwaukee one. But yeah. in terms of it being more livable, the LA one's much more livable. Yeah. But it's very, uh, yeah. you can see the uh, the sort of 80s style sitcom interior. Like it almost looks like yeah. uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse practically. Yes, yes, yes. It is like their own personal Pee Wee's Playhouse. Where they have just decorated it all themselves mm -hmm. uh, with dying plants and um, <laughs> weird puppets on top of the refrigerator. Right. And uh, dishes that have never been washed and never will be washed. The um, uh, the ape mask on the dresser. Yes. Yes. Um, did did you see Jeffrey? I couldn't see yes. Jeffrey and that wor that worried me. I think I saw Jeffrey at one point. He is strapped to the wall during this uh, during this run. They put okay. him on the wall. He's got like a whole place to. He likes the altitude. He's okay. strapped to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Look oh, for him. Sorry, I just... think he. I think he's in Helmet just... Weekend. Okay. <laughs> but Jeffrey's always going to be with them, so. Yeah. Um, feast your lap on that. There's so many little great lines in this one. Every bell I own. Yeah, box office yes. epidemic. Yes. 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 That hits. That hits different today. Ah, oh, sadly, tragically, yes. And I love that Lenny misinterpreted uh, his mother's message about socking away a hundred bucks yeah. for emergency by literally putting it in a sock and putting it in the freezer. It seems as if he believes that clothing is like an animal and therefore, or like meat or produce, and therefore you use the refrigerator to keep it fresh. And if you really want to keep it fresh, you keep oh, it in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. Even then, even then, like he's just being a total literalist here. And then Squiggy points out, your mom walked down, you when she was five. Your five, mother deserted you when you was, when five. was five. Perfect. Perfect. Oh. Perfect squeaky voice. Perfect <laughs> squeaky voice. Oh, and that line uh, that, oh, the ache. Maybe if I had $100 yeah. in my socks, you wouldn't have. Maybe yeah. so, maybe so. God. The, the, and I oh, like the way that Squiggy says that. It's sort of like, even though he's being you know crass in the way he's saying your mom ran out on you, you know, and I think it's just, you know, David's softness, his tenderness sort of coming out. Yeah. The maybe so, maybe so is sort of like, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer because yeah. I know that's not true. Your mom was yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he acknowledges later in the season that his mom sucked. He acknowledges that later in the episode. That's progress. That's progress. He progresses a lot in season seven. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, I also like to find out when uh, Lenny leaves the room. It is their room, bar none. Yeah. 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 You notice that they have a little bathroom right over in the corner. Yeah. It's it's choice. Yes. Yes. I wonder how teeny it is in there. It's pretty much standing room only. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be shocked. Well, I hope they can sit down because otherwise, imagine freeballing a deuce standing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that would be enough. That's like what No, I mean, it, I mean I'm, I'm groaning because it's like just the mental image more than anything. Yeah. Not that you said it. Like, I mean, yeah. we're all, th- let me, let's be real here. All the folks out there listening, you were thinking it. I hope yeah. you were thinking it. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, oh. Squiggy's stealing the money. My my yeah. note is, how dare you, Squig? How dare Minus you? Minus Squig, no. This feels like a more a bigger b- betrayal of trust than we've yeah. seen in a long time between these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the biggest betrayal of trust since uh, season five when uh, Squiggy kind of quasi uh, gets the diner out for the money. Yeah. Kind of quasi. Yeah. Then again, that was fairer because the two of them end up running the diner together and then they realize they suck at it. Yep. And then they try to pawn off and the girls get back their money. So here it's not fair because he goes on to lie to Lenny and say, oh, I get the money myself. You don't need to busk for it. You don't need to do anything for it. That's the thing. I think that's the thing is the dis- the layers of dishonesty add up on yeah. on this action and it's it, yeah. that's that's why you know it, it and i will say i this is a very squig thing like as much as i love squiggy i i'm yeah. not gonna say this is not in character yeah, it is just his character. it it's his lowest nature that's yeah. what makes it unfortunate yeah. it, it's understandable because he thinks he's doing it for the both of them in his mind he's doing this for the both of them he's doing this for the the um movie he's doing he's not even less so doing it for the glory because the glory is not as much fun unless Lenny's with him he's doing it to be it partially to be a big shot partially to get that script of joy heatherton so they can launch everything right so in his head is justifiable yeah and uh, yeah he's deluded himself to think that it's going to happen this is a sure thing yeah 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 exactly she will see it she will say yes and that will be that uh dear joe Dear Joe, dear Joey, dear Joey. <laughs> David does that. <laughs> he's just rambling. It almost sounds like he's rambling aloud. Mm-hmm. All that bit. Um, the little insert here we get of the girls. Uh, it almost there's another thing that also feels like it doesn't need to exist in the episode, but it's cute. Uh, Shirley and Carmine dancing in their own world on that tiny little dance floor. It's so adorable. It's clinically executed yeah. this whole bit, but yes. it is very cute. I love Carmine just smiling and going with it because he just. Yeah. I love how much Carmine yeah. loves being with Shirley now. Oh yeah, and this season especially, it's very evident. And the two of them are just cuddled up in their own world, mm-hmm. just dancing. And nothing else exists for them. Really, nothing else exists. Uh, Frank and Laverne—they're trying to dance around them, and they just don't exist. Two of them are lost in La La Land. Yep. They're happy. They're happy. It's really sweet. Oh, God, that's going to be the happiest they'll be for the rest of this this show, isn't it? No, they have moments where they are happy uh, throughout the rest of the season, and then season eight happens. Anyway. Anywho, uh, but yeah, so yeah. then they decide to get going and decide to leave, yeah. and uh, the, now we really got to be going is where you're going. The uh, bowling or movies is yeah, very cute. Yeah, bowling movies, movie bowling. <laughs> and Lenny's just missing about it. And, uh, I love the symbols don't go with your bone structure. What an observation for Carmine to make. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a very sharp cheeks. 
but Len being all set for busking is yeah. is great, and I love the give me money on his hat and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some two of them. Of course, he knows how to play the ukulele. Yep. He's bringing a little ukulele instead of bringing his full guitar, which is interesting enough to me. Because we always still have his guitar. Um, What do you think the chances are Edna taught him how to play that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Definitely Edna taught him. Definitely Edna taught him. And uh, I also love Laverne being kind of into the look. She has this big grin on her face. <laughs> looking at yeah. Len. It's like, it's like, you're preposterous, but that's cute. Yeah. Oh, he's cute like a little puppy dog. Yeah. That was the look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and of course, I think that is an actual traditional folk song. Yeah, it's just something Michael might have pulled out off the top of his head. That's probably a folk song. Mm-hmm. I think it's a traditional of some sort. Yeah, I, lo- I love one man band, Len, uh, the way he just throws himself into it. Oh, boy. Yeah, with uh, also with Michael, I have to say, it's yet another case of his fantastic... Michael knows how to do a fall. He knows how to do yeah. a fall for camera really well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, good, that it's is, a good splat. That is- Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was going to say that's years of stage training happening there. Mm-hmm. That, remi- that just reminds me of him talking about one of his uh, first high school theater experiences. He was in Trollius and, and, uh, and Cressida, which is, uh, yeah, Shakespeare. He's all dressed up like a, like a gladiator. He comes up the stage, ready to deliver his line, the spear in his hand, and he trips. And then he inhales a sponge that they used as a um, oh, no. as decoration. On the stage to make it look like they're a mosaic. Oh no! He nails a little piece of sponge. So he said. So, so for the story you told, he is sitting there choking on a piece of sponge for like the first ten minutes of the play. <laughs> oh no, poor dude! That was his worst stage experience ever. Understandably, poor guy. Yeah, teenager got out of the way quick. Poor guy. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Right. Get get your worst your worst stage moment asap, and then. The rest of it all coming up roses. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got. So Miss Bridget Barton is there. She played girl at counter. The boys are want to see see her with our top on, and <laughs> we'll do anything to make that happen. Indeed, this, including yeah. including saying quite the euphemism when they're uh, in the apartment. Oh yeah, you're allergic to wool. It's much too wet for the sweater, Bridget. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. I actually have it. I wrote down. Uh, first, we have the sound effects. Sound effects from Lenny is great, but it's but yeah. Le- uh, Squeaks holding out. It's hot. It's so very hot. Much too hot for that sweater. The heat is driving you to a state of deep and lust. Your clinging garment. They bind you. The 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 sweater. You must get rid of the sweater. You're allergic to wool. You're getting wet. We're getting wetter. <laughs> it's much too wet for a sweater. <laughs> very subtle. Got that right by the sensors. I don't know how they did that either. Well, uh, Lenny makes monkey noises. <laughs> very wild. Yeah, uh, it's very good. They're they still so desperate to see boobs. And it's like, they've already successfully picked up girls at this point. It's like, it's amazing how desperate they are for boobs, even still here. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, I, 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 well, okay. The thing is, oh, as like, someone who does not <laughs> have, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a boy thing. I, it's, it's, I like boobs. It's, what are you talking about? I know, but I like, I, I like boobs in a different way. I like boobs. In, you do know that I am bisexual. I, I like understand boobs. that, honey, but I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that, uh, the, uh, the, there's, there's never, you really can't have too many. Uh, I just want one good pair. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> just Christina Hendrickson. Nothing else. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, but yeah, 
yeah, then then yeah. we get the interruption from Rhonda and the whole Bridget yeah. out on the balcony. And that's and I, I definitely see what you mean about the Bridget stuff is because yeah. basically this is Bridget and she's done. And like we don't yeah. necessarily get a punchline yeah. to yeah. that character popping up. We instead yeah. get it sort of si- sidelined by Rhonda yeah. to the point that Rhonda now becomes the point of drama. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, she almost might as well have not existed in this plot line. Uh, she exists for the boys to have a funny moment where they desperately try to get a girl to take her top off. That might as well have been Rhonda. Or they, they could have done all that hyperventilating stuff and she could have just, you know, turned them down flat. Because Rhonda's Ex- too uh, yeah. smart for that. That actually would have been more more dramatically interesting. Or much more realistically, she could have like built up and built up and built up and then said, oh, but the Hayes Code won't let us do that. Yeah. And, and Boy, yes, I know by by six by sixty six the the code was getting pretty much gone. Sure but uh, yeah. I think the because because I think the MPA was founded in sixty three or so, wasn't it sixty three sixty four? Yeah, somewhere was, around there. Somewhere around, around there. there. Yeah, because yeah, I know the R rating was partly created because of Night of Living Dead, so that's a few years yeah. out. Actually, yeah, I mean it's considered that was cited as the main case for why the MPA just said eh, we need to make an R rating. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah, we got people eating flesh, yeah. yeah over and that would have been, I feel like, the more Rhonda thing to do is to figure out yeah. a way to just, you know, essentially blue ball them, you know? Yeah, yeah, she would. She would. She would know how to get, as we see mm-hmm. later in the episode, mm-hmm. she knows exactly how to get what she wants out of them uh, without breaking a sweat. And, okay, so, Lenny exits, he screws up with Bridget, she probably slaps him across the face. We don't see it. Mm-hmm. But what the heck is going on with Squiggy and Rhonda this season? It's a little weird. It is. I kind of feel like the writers are testing the water here or trying something here. Um, because there's definitely a sense of them playing cat and mouse with each other. Yeah. yeah. And we get a line in the next episode where, where uh, Laverne goes to uh, Rhonda, all you gotta do is go out in the middle of the hallway and say, Squiggy, I want you. Oh, yeah, good point. Okay, yeah. that's, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yep. Yeah, it almost feels like they were trying uh, Rhonda and Squiggy out over in this corner. And you definitely have the Carmine Shirley stuff going hot and heavy. And then you kind of get a couple of little uh, Laverne Lenny hints, but those really don't go anywhere until we get towards the end of the season but it is an au but it is a very nice au and we'll get there anyway. <laughs> we'll get there anyway my but, girlfriend ladies and gentlemen yeah, but but it kind of feels like specifically with Spooky and ronda uh in season six she thought he was a good catch she was impressed by him she thought he was attractive to a degree until we hear you know the most least attractive person in the room during to tell the truth and uh here, there's kind of like a pat, a pas de deux, a duel here, where you see two kind of cagey, kind of clever people trying to get something out of each other. He wants sex, she wants that ticket, and they are going to do anything to get there. Like, make sure that zip, you, you uh, keep that stuck zipper, the zipper stuck. Right. Yeah. So, so it feels like something's blue. So what did you think of that in general? You said weird. Um, weird. weird in the sense that I'm trying to figure out like what thematically is meant to be the element. Yeah. What is it? Because I guess what I mean is surely with the dancer, I get. Yeah. Laverne and Lenny, as you as we talked about, is like sandbox, like they're kids yeah. together. 
And even Laverne with some of the other guys that she's had. With Sonny, they were yeah. a really good young adult partnership. Yeah. I'm struggling to see Squiggy and Rhonda, what the dynamic is. As you're saying, there is, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I see something there. I see what, the, I see yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm curious if this is a case of that they just saw the potential for these characters to play, you know, in a sense, to get these actors to, you know, really have fun doing a flirty um will they won't they sort of you know uh as you say you know this little this little uh devilish dance around one another yeah, yeah. it's possible but you know i, I mean it, i love that example of like you know how about a little zip now and a little zap later and yeah. you know like i mean first of all that just makes me think of zap brannigan but um <laughs> and then Rhonda's own zap. scheme you know her scheming here there's there are people who have something in common and that there are a lot of things they'll do to get their way and they're both kind of delusional about how much everyone likes them yeah and about how much talent they have sometimes depending on exactly the exactly depending on the thing. yeah sorry ron is a great actress but she wants to be kind of in the conversation of uh the new hollywood and she's not getting there she's in the movies Mm -hmm. Squiggy wants to be a wheeler and dealer, and he's getting there bit by bit. But you know, he's basically managing guys like the tumbling acrobat guys. It's still progress, but that's not the echelon where he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the, the, they're both mediocre at different forms of art. So that's a very interesting way to put it. It's a very interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, very. Uh, how did I'm I'm curious how both you and as well some other some of our regular listeners uh, will respond to us bringing up uh, Lenny in the peephole and him going Squiggy and Squiggy's response is yes darling yes that, that's great that's such a great moment <laughs> queerness on this show I love it <laughs> it's very Simon and Nick, uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost you know yeah. the uh, it's like he's yeah. not my boyfriend hi babe, hi, babe. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great guy. Well, you have to admit that Hot Fuzz is, has a certain level of queerness, and so does the Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, very, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they knew about it. The producers knew that fans were giving the movie a queer reading, and they were very here for it. It's kind of like with Spinal Tap. You know, Michael and uh, Christopher Guest are very aware that people read uh, Nigel and David as being queer. Mm -hmm. So here you got, you know, Lenny is basically Squeeze Darling in a lot of ways. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. In a lot of ways. I see it. They, yep. this proves later in the episode how attached they are. Absolutely. How close yeah. They are. Yep. It's really good. It's a really good scene coming later. And uh, then we get the whole yeah. conversation between the two as Rhonda leaves. Um, yeah. When Stoop so low, right? Exit Bridget. <laughs> yes. Um, boy, is she going to be mad when they find out this? No, take it and she ain't going. Okay. And, uh, it's, and she's going, you're out, and that's uh, that's fair, you know. Lenny responds, yeah, and yeah. this back and forth. Uh, this is one of those like, you see the joke coming, but it's still so yeah. funny. They actually go like they had the guts to do it. You're not going to shout, you're not going to cry, you're not going to pout. No, and I'm telling you why. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, the rap report there is excellent. The the patter is so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. And Lenny's very accepting. He's like, well, I couldn't do it. You did it. That's very him. To be that magnanimous. And the the dad's like, oh, wait, I can contribute. He goes mm -hmm. over his sock money. That, that freeze frame there is so great. So Lenny, no! Yep, exactly. 
and <laughs> it's great. It's so good. Yeah, the and and it's the the that is the type of freeze frame that really uses that part of the medium so well. Yeah. And the yeah. the particular frame they choose with the legs yeah. up and the like the yeah. the posture yeah. is just oh god yeah. it's glorious yeah Michael's physical acting and David's volume <laughs> and David's face as he comes out of the room no 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 and the way Michael could could I I think he still can even at seventy like four the way he can basically curl his knee almost all the way to his nose <laughs> the, the this posture with this physical acting is just so great. He's been doing yoga for a very long time. That's how he can get his nose and his knees need to connect that way. Pretty much. He can make himself very, very tiny as well. Well, hey, if they ever need to do a whitewashed uh, Street Fighter movie, he can play Dalsim. Oh, my goodness. Oh my I'm God. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not even being serious about that. No filmmakers <laughs> do that. Don't fan art that. <laughs> oh, it's too late. We're years too late now. <laughs> we're years too late on that one. Oh, we're years too late on that one. Um... The innocent side of the boys is getting ready. Lenny putting mothballs in his pockets to avoid aftershave. My my mother got such a huge groan out of that <laughs> when we watched this episode. Like, it's, of course he would do that. That's such a Lenny idea. It's like, well, I smell better. <laughs> it's like, it keeps the bugs off. And then uh, we get to the whole moment of uh, Lenny having to break the news to Rhonda yes. that uh, yeah. problems are, yeah. that things yeah. are afoot and she won't be yeah. going. And this whole Leslie and Michael just absolutely, yeah. d- d- you know, love yeah. the scene. The boa yeah. smack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Leslie's whole monologue. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, Lenny's yeah. just like, ah, ah, those yeah. are dirty when she picks up the knife. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> they both slaughter the scene. Leslie, in particular, eats this scene alive. She is so good and so underrated. And the way she, sells the drama of it. Rhonda's used up. She's washed up. You won't have Rhonda to push around anymore. <laughs> the way she does it, it's so good. It's so excellent. And Michael's he manages to project Lenny's terror in such a way that it is so palpable and feels so real. No, Rhonda, don't kill yourself, please. And you just think of that poor boy as a little kid uh, watching his mother do terrible things or threatening to do terrible things. Ugh, and, good point. And that's all you can see in him. Uh, but, you know, they des- he deserves it for saying she's not talented at that point. <laughs> um, I was going to say, regarding also Michael's performance here, is he fills the room with his fear the way old horror, really good horror yeah. movie actors used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah. Universal yeah. Horror yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, Val Luton yeah. character actors and yeah. uh, ha- oh, old yeah. early Hammer stuff oh yeah he loves hammer horror movies he has a fondness for old school horror movies horror movies he grew up on and he's to this day he'll still talk about it on twitter so you can see that uh leaking into his performance here and he's balls the wall fantastic they're both amazing incredible here i love and the way he facilitates between being very aroused by Rhonda, to being very confused by her to being horrified mm-hmm. is so great so great. And oh, it's I want you practically bad. in a single take. Yeah. That's the theater training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They both have it. They both, I think, I'm pretty sure Leslie has theatrical training. It, it feels like it. Yeah. Um, and I love how Rhonda's reaction isn't to say, are you going to now cast me in the movie? The idea is her sauntering out after she's made him feel miserable. 
and sort of like, I'm if you don't go with me, you're going to regret it every day of your life because of the performance yeah. I just gave you. Exactly, exactly because you know she's she has great confidence. Rhonda is a character that's extremely confident, uh, in spite of all of her mess, you know, her messiness here and there. She knows who she is, and she ain't gonna dent who she is for anybody. So that's really great. That's really perfect. The way they go for that is fascinating. And of course, in the end, of course, the boys are gonna regret it because in the end, what happens happens to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because they didn't. They they should have just stuck with Rhonda in the end, and Rhonda would have probably charged them less money. Right. I mean, the thing to know about making these kind of movies is that yes, you should still strive when you're trying to make your first film. Yes. But there's a case of where. If there's someone around you who really is that passionate that you can collaborate with, that you get along with, moreover, I'd say, honestly, just go for it. Because yeah. even if, even though the final product may not be the best, you also have to protect yourself to have a good, first, especially if it's your first feature, have a good first experience. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and of course, manage get a good reputation going for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. The boys aren't thinking about that. At this point. No. no, they're not. They're, they're just, thinking about, they're you know, the, yeah, they're there for the ride, basically. And that yeah, and that yeah. do, and that doesn't include the long term goals of how am I going to feel when this is all done, which admittedly, yeah. when you're making your first movie short or otherwise short, long or otherwise, you, you're not thinking about that. And that's that's the that's the sad yeah. truth. Yeah. So as we go in, you know, we get another reminder about the sock money and David, you know, uh, do wonderfully coming out all dressed up and everything. And yes. uh and it says, Lenny, 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 no, 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 And then, you know, gotta, we gotta go, we have to go, and et cetera, and they, they go on off. I feel like the Grauman set is from a movie from the late 60s. Yeah. But I don't know what from. And I, I need to, actually, I, I forgot to look this up. Um, Go ahead and, I guess, pontificate on it, but I'm, I'm going to take a look yeah. and see if I can find. It's really find... pretty. Set dressing is excellent. I love Squiggy's cape with the pink lining matching his pink pants. Mm -hmm. That's so great. And the top hats and the tails that they've all rented. Or they've all got from Goodwill, rather. Apparently, mm -hmm. allegedly. And yes, just about anything else. And the girls are sitting at home, uh, cuddled up and leg clinging while they're doing beauty routines. They went to the award show. I love that Gary Marshall went to such lengths to take this show to California setting-wise. So they could get celebrity cameos. And the best they could do with Seth and Joey Heatherton is the back of Pippi Hedren's head. And it's not really Pippi Hedren's head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stand-in's head. And you sit there and you go, they went to all this trouble. All they've gotten so far is Troy Donahue, Pippi Hedren, and a next episode, Char next episode, and the next few episodes, Charles Grodin. Hmm, that one's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ch Charles Grodin episode is af right after uh, moving in. That's in the next batch we're watching. As we oh, man. Record this. Oh, yeah. And they got in that Reagan bashing joke, which is really great. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you basically meaning that him. sets this at some point in uh, the late, late November 1966. Yes. Yes. He's been he has been elected governor of California. Yeah. And we're definitely in we're, as the uh, poster says 1966. Uh, we're about to move into 1967 uh, next season. Uh, we end around 1967, 1968 almost. 
So that definitely that actually grounds us very neatly in a month, which is hard to do. It does. We'll, the show. Yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Laverne surely is a time warp in of itself. Yeah, it's it, winter is one day, spring is the next. It's it's like it's like an anthology, you know. Yeah. We're like this chap. It's like chapters out of order, man. Like. Like raindrops. <laughs> yeah, like like I'm just like saying, you know, like water drops fall. Anyway, I don't yeah, know. I'm losing yeah. track of here. Rock, I I'm wanting to talk yeah. about the girls watching <laughs> watching doing their frou-frou together and they're in their jammies, and it is so adorable. Yeah. And Warren Beatty making them weak in the knees. I love it. Yeah, that's so great. That's so lovely. I love um that. the announcer, by the way, is not credited. The the one who talks about <laughs> corrode, the multi-purpose cleaner that says no it's a the but yeah, I he sounds like Fred Fox Jr. to me. Yeah, it does. Kind of. Girlfriend Fox Jr., he uh, still has a, uh, a social media um, presence out there. Yo to Fred Fox Jr., he's a friend of a pod. Yeah, he's, he's so, good people. Yeah, he's good people. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, Crow, the multi-purpose cleaner that says no to dust and stains and yes to just about anything else. That's... That's uh, <clears throat> euphemisms. Anyway. Lenny is so happy to nearly get his hand broken by a pretty woman. Yes. He's so happy. Famous pretty woman. Even though, how famous was Joey Heatherton in 1967? Okay. Uh, okay. So Sorry. here's where I get to I get to shine again. Because we have Joey Heatherton as Joey Heatherton in yes, Joey Heatherton. <laughs> she was actually still working her way up the scene by 66. Uh, yeah. She had just done My Blood Runs Cold with mm-hmm. uh, fellow LNS uh, guest star Troy Donahue. Yeah. She had gotten to work with uh, Betty Davis and Susan Hayward on Where Love Has Gone. That's an Edward oh Demetri film. Yeah. Oh my God. I specifically remember her from this movie with bullet hair, playing a teenager, basically spends their entire part saying daddy over and over again, talking about daddy. Uh, that movie is amazingly campy. I have a fond spot for it. Um, but yeah, uh, so at this point, it, when they actually did the episode, her career was actually slowly, you know, um, not doing a lot of like narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. So. The catch is, is that, you know, Joey Heatherton in media and pop culture in the United States, she basically became more of like a game show person in the 70s. Hmm. And the, and part of this kind of led, to, you know, it just I don't know if it was just having her trying having difficulty finding gigs. Uh, she may have pissed off. You know, unfortunately, you know, what can happen is that you do you spite some person and you may not even tend to or it might even be you standing up for your rights. Because, I mean, as we know, you know, actresses get, uh, you know, basically dismiss you know uh have their careers ruined by you know asshole you know chauvinistic uh producers directors and so forth all the Mm -hmm. time yep 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 it's probably possible that's what kind of started the spiral for her but um uh yeah so she the fact they know who she is is interesting it also kind of shows that they know the type of movie and the type of up-and-coming star they actually believe they could get because at this point you know getting the money for a movie called blood orgy, the Amazons is going to be a little tricky. I'm sure like, yeah. you know, an investor will probably say you got to change the title. Yeah. But if they don't, but if they do go ahead and change the title, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a possibility yeah. that it could, uh, it could, you know, I don't know. It could, it could, it's, it's a, um, I'm losing track of my, I'm sorry. I'm getting into like weird, like my brain's gone Tarantino and is trying to like extrapolate all <laughs> the possibilities of all this. I was going to say that they would have to start small to make cash. Exactly, and, and, I, and that's that's what I'm getting at. 
Yeah, and and in this and in this stage of their career, Joey is an accessible personality. Uh, she is like uh, a Tur Santa. Yeah, Tur Satana. Yeah, Tur Tur Satana. I knew I was gonna screw up her name. It's okay. She's it's awesome. Okay. Or was awesome. She's, she's she was awesome. Totally fucking rad. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not mean to screw her name up. I am sorry. It's yeah, uh, but um, yeah, actually, Tura Satana yeah. was actually the physique. I remember when Vanessa was asking when we did Downcast what uh, build she should look for. I sent her a picture there from Kill, uh, Faster Pussycat, and I was like, I go. think that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I can, go. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we have this whole backstage thing, Joey Heatherton, um, and yeah. then the whole you know the 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 Joey warming up and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I will say, Joey has wonderful like straight man comedy yeah. here the way that yeah, she does, does that she, really and, well. and the way that she does the the you know my my mother exclaimed jiminy at the leggy kicks yeah and so you know yeah her timing her physicality i mean she would have been she could have been really good yeah yeah so i don't know yeah. what the heck happened she had a fun bouncy comedic she could have done very well in a sitcom at this point uh you could put her in kind of like a doris day show kind of vehicle where you know she's working in a newspaper she mouths by night. She's glamorous, but she's funny and down to earth and relatable. You could do that with her. She knew how to do comedy. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She, it's a shame that they nobody threw her a sitcom at this period in her career. Um, yep. Uh, I love that the boys end up on that revolving stage, Rasputin the Mad Monk. Yes. Hello. Pulling the envelope, uh, pulling the script out of his pants. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, yes, for anyone wondering, all four of the films referenced were real movies and did yeah. come out in 1966 and would have been yep. up for awards during that season. Yeah. Uh, Juliet of the Spirits, Man for All yep. Seasons, Blow Up, and Rescue and the Mad Monk. The fact Rescue yeah. and the Mad Monk is in that list among those others <laughs> is hysterical, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is. Very much so. Uh, kudos and shout out to Roger Garrett for making that extremely funny. I got a laugh out of that too. I'm like, oh my god, that's the mad book. I forgot that was the reference. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's a schlocky driving movie. And if that could make it to that award show stage, the boys get probably could. So. Mm -hmm. uh, on the bright side, though, as much as I will say, you know, I will agree that it's kind of on the schlocky side, it's hammer schlock with Christopher Lee as Rasputin. True. Very much so. And if anybody could play Rasputin, it was Christopher Lee. Hell yeah. He knew and nailed that stuff to the wall. Absolutely. The boys having another we won moment, which echoes oh back God. to Milwaukee. There's a lot of little brilliant Milwaukee echoes uh, in season seven. But uh, I'm noticing that. I am noticing yeah. that. Yeah. I was going to say, and everyone interpreting it as the real winner, and so the audience goes wild. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And the boys get that moment in the sun. They deserve that moment in the sun. Uh, the girls just looking at each other very slowly. <laughs> just believe that this is happening. Yep. Oh, and I love Squicky grabbing the microphone. Yeah. You know, it's a hot mic, and he's just like... Yeah, rrr, 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 rrr. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have long vowed that someday I will accept an award by saying I would like to thank my mother by making for making me possible. <laughs> I've always promised myself that someday I'm going to do that. I want nice. to thank my mother for making me possible. Because that's such a great moment. And let me thank everybody in the Polish nation. Mm -hmm. It's great. Uh, all this beautiful but anyway so then we get to you know the kind of the finale of the the the, the whole gag and you know and joey heather and finally has the script and yeah. it's kind of cool that she actually does read it yeah she reads it she takes the time to actually read it 
Yep. And over an hour and a half, what could she be doing with it? And Lenny's response, do you think she could be reading it? Uh, is <laughs> you rarely see Lenny sass squiggy that hard. Yeah. Yeah. And he nails it pretty hard. Lenny is just, he's very positive about this whole experience. Squiggy feels destroyed, which is interesting because Squiggy usually takes that lesson that, um, that being that being told you suck means you just will be great at something else. Mm-hmm. He takes he takes this rejection super hard, which he tells us a comedy for dramatical yeah, writers. I, dramatical writers, oh man! And it's funny, like when you th- you know, to me, it's funny when you think about it in the context of different chunks of media. I mean, that's the reason yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's happened. He was trying yeah. to do kids games, and the art direction on his work was horrifying. Yeah. And yeah. so he he ended up, uh, you know, being I, I think it was like his son or somebody like recommended, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of creepy. And then it was like, huh. OK. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, they did horror games and then he did, created a franchise in the Empire. Mm-hmm. Him and Markiplier climbing the mountain to the other. <laughs> oh, man. OK, I, I'm sorry. I was just looking up Raspbian and the Mad Monk. That's why I was kind of drifting off a second yeah. there. Yeah. No wonder it was a schlockier hammer movie. It's not directed by Terrence Fisher or Freddie Francis. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Oh, there it's by go, the guy who did the brides and face of Fu Manchu. That explains everything. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, they just released that for Rift Tracks, I think. Uh, they did. Yes. Yeah. Just that. That just literally today, as we were taping this, to just date this for you all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, the um. But yeah, this this whole conclusion, you know, and her saying, "I can't take it." Uh, you know, the she's doing a film similar to it. And, you know, it's it's it, the the which I think is a nice detail because that did happen. There would be some actors yeah. that would say, yeah, like, I, I love the material, but no, I'm already attached. Yeah. I'm already signed the contract on something. Yeah. And the uh, our names ain't worth the carbon, pra- uh, pr- uh, the carbon paper it's printed on. It's nice. Nice yeah. shout. Yeah. 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 Very scripty. <laughs> yes. 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 Very inside. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Um, The way this it finally comes out that you took the money. And the way the two of them deal with this is this great. The hurt, the surprised, yeah. and yeah. heartbreaking. This is both heartbreaking and sweet and funny. All three yep. of them. I shouldn't say both three. Um, yeah. My my mother sighed in exasperation, rolled her eyes at forgiving Squig for, for what he did. Uh, but uh, I actually think Lenny gets off way too easy on the Bridget thing. Uh, and Squiggy does too, and do agree. No, they both do. They equally, they both equally get off too easy on it. Uh, Squid maybe gets off a little too easy here, but I don't think so because he's genuinely remorseful and he kind of gets his by being told that his uh, very serious drama is in fact a comedy. And he's the one who's heartbroken versus Lenny going, wow, somebody read our script. They think we're good at something. Mm. We should keep expanding on this. So in the end, that that's almost enough of a come up because the poor guy's heart's broken. And then the end, the two, all the two of them need are each other. And that's a great point at this moment. Mm. The way that he comes to grips with this is amazing. He's also coming to grips with his mom. There's issues with his mom, which we, we probed a little bit in the cemetery. Yeah, as you, you said it, she ran out of me when I was five. It's just, oh, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> you stuck by me. Yeah. You're the best. Yep. Ugh, this, uh, emotions, my heart. <laughs> it's so good it's it's, it's so a good. very it's a very bromantic moment and yeah. and you know the whole you know shake hands stupid you know it's mm-hmm. it's good it is it's good. Is too good for you 
<laughs> so sweet. I love, I love the both of them in this moment, and I love this moment. Period. They they really have come a long way from hauling beer, as they point out in this tag scene. Yep, shipping beer around Milwaukee to the big city yep. in Hollywood. Yeah, and they got to be on yep. an award show. They got to ruin the award show, and they're yeah. famous for it. Yeah, for the photo finish. Yeah. Ding. Yep, yep. They were both so happy about that. <laughs> the two morons ruined the award show. We're famous. I love them both. So terrific. Such a good moment. Such a good moment. Do you have more to say? Yeah, Not really necessarily. I think uh I think I've covered most of all that I want to say. I mean it's it's yeah. it's very good. I mean I have some yeah. actor notes. Um yeah. go for it. Which uh for uh stage manager that they had a, another Happy Days alum, John Edwards plays a stage manager that's kind of shuffling them around the place. I wanted to mention him at the very least that he uh, he basically, you know, you know, he ended his career in the 80s, you know, doing like uh, some bits on Remington Steele and Mama's Family, which another interesting, yes. fun connection. Uh, but he uh, in the early 70s, he had bit parts in things like Fool's Parade, Gregorio and his angels. But he then had the uh, double whammy of Stan's Children and Trouble Man for kind of more grindhouse stuff, which is, again, just one of those when you're looking up the people involved in the show, you don't expect to see uh, Trouble Man, which admittedly. Trouble yeah. Man's a little, you know, it's a very pulpy, noir, uh, black exploitation movie. But, oh, man, it's got a great Marvin Gaye soundtrack, though. It's really oh, good. Oh, it does. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I remember that one. I, I, saw, I saw that one a long, long time ago. Yep. A long, long time ago. But, yeah. The diversity of projects that people involved in this show have been attached to always tends to delight me. It really does. It does. Yeah, it is. It's it's enlightening also, I think, to how when you're a working actor, you just take the gig. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. If it yeah. if it appeals to you, if it's if it's good enough, it pays you. Just take it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything that keeps lights on and keeps your belly full. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I also wanted to point out, um, for those that look up on IMDb and see this information as well. Uh, so this is not common on IMDb, and it's actually not even very common even on the episodes themselves, to see credit for staff writers. And I think because of the circumstances of this person's uh, connection to the show and being a staff writer during season seven, uh, Shelley Goldstein is credited is uncredited for the episode, but was a staff writer on the show, and IMDb credits uh, her as a... Um, uh, as you know, as uh, as a staff writer, quote unquote, under the writer credits on this episode. Um, but yeah, she is uh, we'll come back to her for Lightning Man uh, down the line. Um, but uh, because just in case I forget or anything, um, you know, a bit of a kind of more like a well-known script doctor, apparently, which is another, oh. you know, as we're talking about interesting connections, you know, those different things is that Goldstein became a, a WGA uh or yeah, the White Writers Guild West uh, award show writer and uh, script doctor for different, uh, specifically actors on request, actually. Oh. And be uh, it sounds like even because of that, she did some additional writing for Toonstruck, the Christopher Lloyd starring PC game oh. from 96. So Intriguing. That's cool. That's very so just in case, I just want to make sure to get those notes on record. So just in case my my brain decides to, you know, or we just get busy because we, you know, we still got a few more weeks until we get to Lightning Man and we'll be up to our eyeballs and stuff probably by then <laughs> but yeah i mean that's all i really have to add i mean it's a very what i like about this episode is you know we we actually got in my opinion more material out of this than i thought and it yeah. and which is this i think an example of how much these characters have endeared us to them yeah and how much we want to we want to see more 
and we really want these episodes with them to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, this is all about the boys' relationship growing. They grow up more, they learn more, and that's definitely going to be a theme as we get deeper into season five. That's eight, seven, brain, why? Seven, <laughs> seven, oh, seven. I'm Don't so, edit this oh, later. Honey, honey, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, let me soothe the brain, soothe the brain. Ooh, brain it's a long brain. week. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I love you. It's okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. I think it's ranking time. I think it's ranking time. All right. Um, I'm gonna give this a solid, like a flat seven. I think maybe like a six and a half, just because you know it. It. I just want more of the the, the movie business stuff is cool. I just want more of it. I'm going way higher with a seven point seven. Uh, though it's not hitting an eight or a nine or a ten for me. Uh, it's very it, it almost. Would, Edge and eight for me, but the Bridges stuff is disjointed, and the Ronda stuff doesn't pay off, and it needs to. And the Bridges stuff is disjointed, but everything surrounding it is good. Those individual scenes are great, and I really enjoy them. And even the bits of the girls, the girls are really in this, but the bits that we get from them are great. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's because the Bridges stuff's disjointed and really didn't need to exist in the episode, and because the um, uh, Ronda stuff doesn't lead anywhere, and it really needed the one last little punch. I don't know how to employ it. I guess I, what I would have had to do is had what I would have done is had her show up the awards mm-hmm. herself. Yep. Yeah, because but um, that's that's what I would have it, and then have it be you know everybody has to apologize to everybody else, but then that would take away from the big moment with the boys, and the boys need that moment. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. Uh, this is a high a higher seven. Yeah. Well, okay. So if we're going to, you know, pontificate on the possibilities, I would like to throw out a thought. If Rhonda shows up at the awards at the end, she's just doing her job. She's doing a job yeah. there. She's uh, she's one of the models. She's a person helping backstage, you know, what have you. And she watches the boys reconcile and she either snaps a picture of it for them and their, you know, their affections or perhaps even drags the two reporters over. It's like, there they are. There's the ones who ruined the awards. And they're like, oh, great. Smile, guys. And they're they're just stuck in their handshake. And that's that's your freeze frame of them. Exactly. Like that. That's because I feel like that's the as you're saying, like this almost sort of sense of reconciliation or sense of forgiveness or whatever, or at the very least, some sort of like buildup, like even like having Rhonda mess up uh joey heatherton somehow or pushing the button that puts the boys around on stage you know like that like that sort of integration like that's because i think as you're saying like that's the catch with the disjointment is it's also that these these disparate elements kind of happen in sort of a vignette style but this is not a vignette episode this really does have a core goal conflict obstacle to it and it doesn't have those pieces that are that you know because that the vignette pieces become you know sort of orphaned on the sidelines and they need to be brought back together yeah 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 i feel almost like like i said i want more episodes of the boys doing uh the producer thing and writing more and all that stuff i feel like the bridget stuff could almost have been in an early episode in like something in season six Bridget parts of it, and uh, but I like the Rhonda stuff. I like how this expands on her relationship with the boys. Uh, but they, it just needed a button. The only thing it's missing is a button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that's yeah. just kind of unfortunately what happens with the show quite a bit. 
yeah. unfortunately. And so what's amazing is that sometimes they, they exist in the original version of the script mm-hmm. where everything gets tied up and then somehow either in DVD edits or in the final product, it just doesn't end up coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I wonder sometimes if it, it could, yeah, it can be time. It can be uh scripty is, you know, timing all the takes and realizing, all right, this is running too long. We can't do it. That's unfortunate. That is it unfortunate. Is. But hey, speaking of uh, managing our time, we should make sure to give a little bit of time for our sponsored advertisement interval. All right. But I guess that uh, that covers everything for this week, don't it? Yes, it does. It definitely does. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for watching and listening to Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, you can find us at Night After Night PC or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, uh, Patreon, WordPress, you know, just stuff. Wow. I suddenly lost all of my I put too much energy in the beginning and I couldn't out in the back. And that it's the this is why I'm not an actor, by the way. I don't have the <laughs> energy for it. Anywho, uh, so. You know, Lisa, dear, that is a really not, that is that is one enchanted earring on you that you're wearing. Oh my goodness! Am I glimmering? Am I glowing? Mm. Laverne makes the mistake of wearing her late mother's diamond earrings to a date with the sleazy producer, and the girls have to scramble to find them when she loses them in his back seat. Can't she get them back before Frank knows she's lost them? This is some enchanted earring. Yeah, that's some enchanted earring, all right. Yeah. But uh, cool. I'm enchanted here. Uh, sleazy producer. I wonder what this guy will be like if he ever meets Lenny and Squeaky. Oh, God. They would get probably get rooked in the end. <laughs> they would get rooked <laughs> so fast. Uh, bye, y'all. And for heaven's sake, make sure if an actor steps on you, you get their insurance information. If you're going to break your head, make sure you're compensated. Call Saul. Mm-hmm.